Hi, and welcome to the show. My name is Mark Garrett Hayes, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time again this week to tune in to another episode. Each week we have a guest on the show, or it's an episode where it's just you and I, as you are on your way to work, or on the way home from work, or on a plane or a train, and the subjects we cover are all designed and put together to help you to grow, to start, to scale your training business, irrespective of which stage you are at. And this week we're talking to someone called Simon Kidger, who is an account director with an organization called TAP or TAP. And I'll give you more of the details after the music. So thanks again for stopping by today. This is episode 40 or 40 of the podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, thanks again for your time this morning. I do appreciate your listenership. This, as I said before, the break is the, or the music is the show, the podcast for people who operate, work, live, and love the training business. And it's going to help you to start to grow and to scale your training business. And it's the kind of thing that I like to talk about because it's something very much close to my heart. So if you're in the process of starting or in growing or scaling your training business, this is the show for you. This is episode 40. So I'm looking forward now to the next 10 episodes. And of course, they would not be anything without your continued loyalty, your communication, your emails, and your continued support. So thank you again for that. Today, we're interviewing someone called Simon Kidger, and he is an account director with an organization called TAP, or T-A-P, which is effectively an organization that certifies training professionals in a range of competencies in the areas of learning and development. So they could be delivery or program design and so on. So rather than give the whole game away, I'm going to have Simon explain that to you shortly. And why this will interest you is that if you are someone who perhaps has not acquired or put together, you know, an adequate portfolio of training experience, or maybe you have, but you want proof or certification that you are actually someone whom organizations can hire and trust in to be able to stand in front of their employees or their team and to deliver training competently, then this is exactly what organizations like TAP do. So without further ado, I'm going to hand you across to Simon and we're going to walk through a range of topics which will explain to you what TAP is, whom it serves and why you might actually be interested in accrediting yourself. Simon, hi, and thanks for coming on the program. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Simon, you're um, account director with TAP. And what does TAP stand for before we go into some more detail? Well, TAP, from a literal sense, stands for Training Accreditation Program. Um, but in the broader sense, it's about professionalizing learning and development in general. And that's been our mission for the last um, 20 years, give or take. Mm -hmm. So it stands for Training Accreditation Program, effectively. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and the, ide the idea being that, um, that L&D, largely speaking, has been um, unmeasured for many, many years. Uh, and we've, we've tried to address that shortfall in the industry in, in that particular sector with um, various tools and uh, been quite successful at it. So what are you trying to measure exactly? So in terms of uh, with the reality of learning and development, I think is most people 
find themselves in learning and development from a technical background and move into learning and development. So they take uh, expertise in their given field and then transition across. Uh, so any particular technical field comes with it, certain competencies and, and measurements of that competence and excellence. However, training, learning and development often doesn't. Uh, and the, the technical competence of, a, of a, an individual doesn't necessarily necessarily qualify them to be able to um, convey those skills, those ideas, that knowledge to a third party effectively in an engaging way. Uh, and given that learning and development is a very expensive, time-consuming process, um, and you're dealing with the most expensive asset that any organization's got, which is its people, I think it's necessary to focus on that and make sure that best practice methods are being implemented in terms of L&D um, to ensure that whatever you're providing as a function is aligned to the needs of the organization. Otherwise, you've effectively got a very large cost center. Mm -hmm. So uh, as an organization, you're also ser serving uh, learning and uh, development professionals such as myself. So you accredit people, so individuals and, of course, learning departments. And to date, according to statistics on your website, you have accredited over 40,000 training professionals worldwide. That's right. Okay. So what kinds of people would, would come to you for accreditation? Okay. So um, it depends. It's, that's not a straightforward question to answer because every organization, large and small, has a learning need. Uh, but often the, the nature of our relationship with clients can be very different from case to case. Um, in terms of sectors that we cover, um, we don't specialize in any sector. So if you're in the nuclear sector, energy, um, automotive, aerospace, healthcare, pharmaceuticals, whatever it might be, we can help people within the organization that are given the responsibility for conveying ideas, knowledge, skills to others within the business. They're our focal point. So any, any large organization with a, an L&D team or an organizational development team, they're in our, um, within our remit. But equally, um, there's also a, a fairly sizable and very healthy market of third-party consultants that are brought in as external parties with large organizations to handle um, individual projects. And those consultants, again, um, often focusing in their early careers in very technical expertise areas, then move into learning and development. And they need, um, A, the skill set to be able to manage the intervention of a learning project. Uh, and that is a very broad skill set. You know, you're looking at the entire learning cycle there from partnering with a, a stakeholder through a consultation process, analyzing the needs of that organization, designing some content, delivering it, and then effectively evaluating um, the relative success of whatever you've delivered as a, a service and a, and, a, and a project. So consultants, large organizations, key individuals looking for their own um, pathway in L&D, so in terms of um, personal development, so it's all of the above. And you offer a range of programs, including things like training delivery, learning needs analysis. In fact, all the, the stages of the learning cycle, which you've mentioned, including, well, uh, in, in addition to coaching for performance, mentoring and learning evaluation. Quite a lot, actually, there. So if someone comes to you, such as myself, uh, a learning consultant, a training consultant, why would someone want to acquire the TAP designation? Well, first of all, our key driver is adding value in terms of skill set. So when an organization approaches us or an individual approaches us with some key needs, we'll go through a process of consultation with that um, organization or individual to establish, okay, what is it that, where are your potential gaps? What are your challenges? What are the opportunities that are presenting themselves? And identify um, from a series of, of questions, 
what kind of solution would meet that need. Now, the, the skills qualification framework is a modular framework of skills. So instead of having to follow a prescribed pathway um, that everybody has to follow in order to achieve a qualification, we've broken down the learning cycle into constituent components. The benefit of that is when you have um, an individual with a hybrid role, um, we can build a solution that fits the specific needs of that individual. Scale that up to a, an L&D team. If you're looking for a, an L&D team that's got some strengths, some weaknesses, we can put together a, a program of, of skills training that will address all of those needs. So I, I suppose the major difference between the way we approach things and some other organisations is rather than um, forcing people to commit themselves to lengthy training programmes, some of which is relevant, some of which isn't, you can cherry pick the elements of the, the learning cycle that are relevant to you, put something together that, is, that addresses those specific needs, not waste time, not waste money. And finally, when you come out of that process, you've got the key skill set, which is the main driver. In other words, adding value back to the business or your client. Uh, and B, you've got a recognized qualification that is internationally recognized, i.e. a TAP certificate if it's an individual module or a TAP diploma if you've gone through the entire process. Um, ultimately, you can go all the way to TAP Master Diploma, which is taking it to the next level, and that is the highest uh, level of qualification. But the focus really is on uh, imparting skill to learning and development pra uh, practitioners, with the qualifications being a, a second very important benefit, but nevertheless of secondary importance to the, the skill side of things. Okay, so let's take the um, training delivery for experienced trainers qualification, which is something I did with TAP, uh, TAP, I should say, in Coventry a number of years ago. W what does that cover exactly? Let's walk through, let's walk the listeners through the kinds of the constituent parts of, of that, um, if I recall, three-day program. Yes. Okay, so the the, the, the training delivery skills um, part A course, as it's now called for experienced trainers, it is designed for people that are They've made their first tentative step into learning and development. They've probably delivered some sessions um, to a cohort of peers. Um, they have technical competence in their given area, but haven't got the same kind of uh, professional uh, methodology um, that we would expect from a learning and development person. So that's where we come in. And the course is broken down into two fun fundamental areas. One is developing a session plan that is coherent, logical and engages with the learner and keeps them engaged through that process. And the second is the uh, behaviours we expect from an engaging learning and development professional delivering content, but in a way that is learner centric. So rather than it being uh, a presentation death by PowerPoint and the kind of um, didactic approach that lecturing uses, uh, which fundamentally doesn't work very well in a classroom, people switch off pretty quickly. We focus on the kind of tools that can uh, bring the the learning alive and push the responsibility onto the learner's shoulders to demonstrate back to the trainer that they are taking on board what is being conveyed to them. So the light is very much shown on the on the learner, less on the trainer. Um, and the, the the robust assessment process at the end of the three day session is a twenty seven point um, competency framework to ensure that um, your style structure and delivery activity balance when you're engaging with your learners is of the level of excellence that we expect all trainers um, to reach when they go through one of our programs. Effectively, someone coming to you then, when they graduate from that program, have a kind of a, a standard, they've, they've a proof of having attained a kind of standard, 
And that then means something to organizations looking for trainers who have been formally accredited both in, in learning, in adult learning theory, and also having a competency and style to deliver that kind of content effectively. Indeed. And when, when, when uh, uh, our uh, clients and learners have, have moved from organization to organization, they've been asked, have they got TAP qualifications? Where did they gain their skill set from? Um, so it stands them in good stead when we're looking at career development. But equally, um, from a, 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 our client's perspective, the consistency of approach is very important to most organizations because without consistency of approach, it's almost impossible to evaluate success on, or the opposite uh, in situations where um, uh, learning interventions aren't having the desired effect. With consistency of approach, it's easy to identify or far easier to identify where it's going well and then replicating that methodology. Equally, it's easy to identify where things aren't going so well and then introduce corrective actions, preventative actions, because we've got a common toolkit across the board that people are utilising to deliver their sessions. I, I, I'm at pains to point out, however, this is not about pushing out of a person's mind any particular personal style they have. Where we anticipate and encourage people to build their own, their own personal style into the TAP toolkit because it can only strengthen it. But if you've got a base level of competence and a base level of excellence, that benchmark can be used throughout an organization. And you've got a much higher uplift in terms of success from those interventions when they're, when they're um, delivered. Right. I remember when I took uh, the, the TAP program a while ago, um, one of the people in the class had come from Switzerland. Another had come from Volkswagen, if I recall. And in fact, there were two people there from the, the learning uh, industry and others from a, a range of industries, pharmaceuticals, and of course, automot automotive or automotive, as I've just mentioned. Um, do you find that particular industries or particular kinds of companies would like someone coming to them as a consultant externally to be qualified and have that uh, TAP qualification or badge? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's, uh, it's, it's recognized. In fact, I mean, you, you quote a particular example there in the automotive industry um, with one of our clients in the automotive industry. In fact, this is not just one, there are many. Um, TAP qualifications are written into um, their contracts of employment, um, giving the um, the employee uh, a development pathway over a prolonged period of time, 18 months, 12 months, and, and giving them formal recognition at the end of, of that process when they complete their TAP diploma, which can then be utilized to you know, move to another organization further down in, within their career or um, advance within it. Uh, and equally, with consultants working as third party um, providers for um, implementation of, of projects, um, working independently, the same is true. Um, in order to get a foot in the door, very often you've got to demonstrate um, your competence and your excellence and your professionalism. And the best way to do that in L&D is with TAP. Um, training programs and diplomas um, because it's skills-based. So rather than it being focused on theory, which is useful to have, it's focused on skill and ultimately really doing the job on the day-to-day -day basis. The skill is where the um, the value is. Right. Now, if I recall, um, and it is an, a while ago since I've done this, um, the, it was literally into the deep end from, from day one. It was, it was hands-on. We were brought through some kinds of concepts of adult learning theory, and I think that's something we'll address in a moment for people who perhaps are not familiar with the term. But adult learning theory, and then, of course, into demonstrating skills in front of people. So someone who perhaps has not 
any kind of background and training, would they find something like this kind of program daunting or even difficult to to pass? They would. Uh, and as a result of that, um, the, the training delivery skills, particularly that course, um, comes in a number of different formats. Uh, and the, the course that is designed for people that have never experienced standing up in front of an audience, delivering content, and perhaps have a little bit of stage fright, or don't have any concept of what learning and development really is, uh, and also the, the the preconceived ideas about what L and D is, uh, bringing you know bringing that with them. Um, as a result of that, we adapted the course for a five day delivery option, which isn't identical in terms of how the course is laid out, but it is identical in terms of outcomes from the end of that course. So at the end of the course, you're assessed against the same competency framework, and you are equally as competent as a person going through this the three day format. The difference being the pacing and the, the relationship between the learner and the trainer uh, is closer. Right. So, so a lot of this is actually adult learning theory, something which I've covered many times. For people who perhaps do not know what that means, how could we explain adult learning theory and its components? Well, I guess it's the distinction between how adults learn and how children learn. And it's a very clear distinction because adults, broadly speaking, are practical. Um, they're goal-orientated, self-paced. Uh, and there's a lot of life experience and, and prior knowledge comes with them um, to the table when they are learning. And very often they're learning by doing. And this has been a sort of commonly accepted um, uh, way of looking at adult learning for probably the last 30 years, if not more. Um, so we try and build those um, ideas into every course that we put together, because ultimately um it's got to be driven by the individual. They've got to want to achieve um, the qualification, the skill set. Without that, then you've got to question why they're in the room in the first place. However, we're also acutely aware when we're delivering our sessions that engagement is something that can wane and we need to address it. In fact, we have um, courses designed to address those very issues, how to deal with challenging behaviours, how to deal with the softer skills around engagement levels, when to um, when to understand that they are drifting, how to get the people back on a, a higher level of engagement. So I guess the, the fundamental principles of adult learning run through everything that we do. In fact, it's covered in, um, there is a, a, a unique course in the skills qualification framework called the theoretical basis of learning, which covers all of these areas. So any learner going through a TAP diploma would would be required to complete that self-study course to understand the fundamental principles of adult learning and how it's evolved over the last um, 30, 40 years. Yeah, it, it is fundamental. And of course, then there's an also, um, as part of the stable, if you will, the stable of, of TAP products, you also have some kind of e-learning uh, program as well for people who increasingly expect to be able to learn in their own time on their own devices uh, through remote and distance learning. What kinds of advantages are there to a trainer having that qualification uh, in their in their bow or that string to their bow? Well, again, from a practical sense, um, when we look at um, e-learning and, and how it's changed the market and how people are moving, not only from e-learning, the traditional e-learning module, which is becoming less and less valuable to many organizations, but more towards the bite-sized learning assets on the job training, job aids, um, things that are at a point of, of interest. Um, these are um, elements of the learning cycle that have to be addressed because more and more we're finding that there is a blended approach um, towards learning and development, um, largely because the classroom type scenarios are expensive, logistically difficult, um, and um, 
need to be marketed internally. So many of those things can be prohibitive uh, in terms of international clients, for instance, looking at um, delivering training when it's a, a cross-continent learning intervention. So how do we address those things? Well, we can address them with e-learning modules. We can provide um, online facilitation sessions and the skills around that are very different to a classroom. How do you keep people engaged? Um, and also the, the, um, the on-the-job uh, point of interest support uh, and how to signpost that that, uh, that that pathway for people effectively. But equally, I think one of the more impo- important issues here is um, there's a lot of bureaucracy around e-learning. It can just become a click-through process if it's not um, carried out effectively. So again, we spend an awful lot of time instilling methodologies of making sure that the learners are engaged at the highest possible levels and are evaluated effectively and take ownership of that that journey when they're going through their e-learning pathway um, to get the best from it. Okay. So someone graduates from the program. Uh, initially, they might go through the, as I said, the training delivery aspect, and then they might look at some other things along, along the path. Um, at some point, though, they have to recertify. Why is that part of your certification process that people have to, at particular junctures, recertify? Mm. Okay, so recertification is applicable in um, a couple of areas. Training delivery skills, largely because it is something that, as a skill set, evolves, uh, but equally it will bleed away if it's not practiced. Um, and in order to ensure that TAP is recognized at the highest quality levels, it must be uh, monitored a little bit like um, an ISO 9001 certificate, for instance. A lot of organizations now, in fact, most FTSE organizations are ISO 9001, if not more, 14001, et cetera, et cetera. And this is about quality management. If an organization achieves a certificate of excellence, then in order for that to be monitored and make sure that that best practice is kept at those high levels, uh, ongoing monitoring is required. Now, that can be direct with us, so we can um, have... um, trainers recertified every three years um, in order to make sure that those best practice methods are continuing to be utilized or uh, an organization can take that power themselves by um, training uh, somebody within the L&D team to be able to carry out those assessments themselves Um, so that the internal assessments or the the internal um, auditing is, is taken care of internally so we would train the assessors themselves and we would recertify the assessors to ensure that they are continuing to work within the parameters of the TAP competency framework um, rather than everybody coming back to us on a, on a, a three-yearly basis. So one way or the other we can ensure that those methods are, c- continue to be employed at the highest possible levels. But I, I, again I would stress that this is um, these are living skills for things like a learning needs analysis um, course for instance it's process driven uh, and it can be largely forgotten about if it's not being utilized and then returned to later if you need to carry out another learning needs analysis because at the end of the day it is a process follow the process and you will have a successful outcome whereas training need uh, training delivery it's a skill that is a living skill and something that is practiced and it is, is based around behaviors and those behaviors can change or morph back into a a prior, less effective method, if not utilised often. Okay, fair point. So that's something that someone would have to do um, at specific intervals in the case of the training delivery programme every three years or so? We advise it. It's, um, if, yeah, if, if, if a trainer wants to continue to be recognised as a TAP certified trainer, then it's a requirement. However, 
um, they can continue to utilize those skills without going through the certification process, but without the recognition, because at the end of the day, we don't know as an organization whether or not those skill sets are still being used. Okay. Now, you mentioned, of course, being recognized in the marketplace. There are other accreditations out there which people, depending on where they are today as they listen to this, might be familiar with. One which comes to my mind is, of course, uh, ATD, which is the Association for Talent Development, which is more or less an American-based qualification. How does uh, TAP stack up against that without getting into, you know, competitive analysis here? (laughs) Because yeah, they yeah, are of course, yeah, they delicate are area. Yeah, yeah, they are. And uh, in, in fairness, we've um, with a number of international clients in the states, we've um, we've helped with uh, people who are, that have already gone through those qualifications and have covered TAP in addition, um, w- w- without going into the competitive nature of what we do <laughs> as course. opposed to what they do. <laughs> um, we 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 cover different areas. Um, equally, I'm, I'm I'm sure that people are familiar with globally with CIPD is another good example. Um, CIPD. In fact, um, there is a story attached to that. CIPD is an organisation that's traditionally been seen as a direct competitor of us or us of them, which has never actually been the case because we are so fundamentally different in our approach that we provide entirely different uh, methods of dealing with the same thing. CIPD, by their own admission, tends to be theory-based academia, where we we are roll the sleeves up and get stuck in with the skills so as a result of that there's been a recognition between the two organizations that well you know we cover a very broad base of skills a very broad base of knowledge we could really put these two things together and have a much stronger um position in the market and a much stronger um um, quality um, uh, product to deliver to our clients so we've entered into a strategic partnership with cipd where tap um, diploma pathways have been mapped against um, similar equivalent CIPD pathways. Uh, so now the pathway through TAP will lead into the associate model of CPD and vice versa. Um, so there's a recognition that while we cover the same areas, we do it in very different ways and, and we provide different levels or different kinds of, uh, of capability to the, to the end recipient of what we do. Right. And of course you deliver, as my understanding is, you deliver programs, uh, TAP programs, not just in the UK where I attended, but also in places like the Middle East where I happen to be today. Indeed. Yeah. We've, we've delivered in um, places like Kuwait, Hong Kong, uh, the States, India, um, Africa, uh, Switzerland, you name it. We've, um, yeah, um, we, we, we have a centralized, um, training team so we send our trainers global um, but it's something that we've we've grown um, over the last 10 years to be quite a successful part of our organization largely through some of the um, the, the larger multinational corporations but now we are um, being uh, in some other countries and they're approaching us directly and I think some of that is down to well a lot of it actually is down to the, the clear recognition that we've got as being a, an organization that provides a a really fundamental skill set that's very valuable to any organization that takes it on board. So that's good news. Someone listening to this might say, okay, uh, TAP, haven't heard of them, but hang on a sec, they are recognized outside of the UK in places like Hong Kong, as you said, Africa, the Middle East, and of course in the States. So it's something that someone might look to obtain as a means of clarifying to a prospective client, look, I have the skill set and I have the competencies to deliver a training program or some kind of learning initiative for you. Exactly. Okay. So what kinds of other accreditations or, or 
you, you mentioned a few um, as part of the step towards something like the diploma or the master diploma. What what else would someone take once, let's say, they've acquired the the training delivery aspect, which is, I'm sure, we'd agree or you'd agree, the most frequently taken uh, product in the in the TAP stable. Indeed, yeah. So um, TAP um, diploma pathways um, follow various disciplines within learning and development, and I had, you know I hasten to add that those disciplines very rarely are um, exhaustive. You know, most L&D roles end up being hybrid. And the idea of the modular nature of the skills qualification framework was based on that. In fact, it won a Queen's Award in the UK based on the modular um, approach. And then again, based on the assessment model that we talked about earlier. But the idea being that rather than following a prescriptive pathway, we can design something bespoke um, that will address your specific needs. But in order to satisfy the you need to complete four modules, those that most closely um, fit your specific needs, either an, an individual or if driven by you know, the director of an L&D team, whatever they've prescribed has been required for the organization or what comes out of the consultation that we carry out with them. Um, so the, the first four modules will qualify you for a TAP diploma. Um, and the, the, the title of that diploma will be dependent on which uh, what, what the focal point of that particular diploma. So, for instance, if you if you uh, followed the specific pathway of somebody that delivers content, i.e. training delivery, training delivery of part B, which is based around soft skills, facilitating training events and online facilitation skills, for instance, you would end up with a, uh, a TAP diploma in facilitation skills. The bespoke pathway provides you with a TAP diploma in learning and development. And depending on your viewpoint, the less prescriptive title of TAP Diploma in Learning Development may be advantageous because there's no preconceived ideas about what you can and can't do as a practitioner. Um, Leading on then to the next level of a Master Diploma, which is a further eight, uh, sorry, for the four modules, eight in total. Uh, And that's the highest accolade um, that a, a TAP practitioner can achieve. So it's a kind of a master's, if you will, almost. Yeah. Um, although what I will say is that we are we are a commercial organisation. So, um, in fact, um, we investigated the possibility of, of affiliation with universities uh, and our clients decided that the massive hike in costs around each individual module would make it prohibitive um, because, um, you know, the, the associated support require, uh, required from the university for an academic approach means that it's a much lengthier programme uh, and we're about adding value rapidly. Uh, and of course, the, the more lengthy a program is, the cost associated with the support of that um, goes up quite distinctly as well. So the decision was made pretty early on that actually we want to um, we want to upskill our clients quickly to the highest possible level. And that way they're back in the effective working population of the organization, adding that value back. Uh, and that's the most commercially appropriate route in our view. Okay. You've also recently rebranded. What's the strategic goal or has been the strategic goal in terms of of serving existing and new markets by virtue of rebranding? Okay. Well, three years ago, we were taken over by QA, which is um, one of the largest um, um, training providers in the UK, focusing in in all areas pretty much other than L&D practitioners themselves. In fact, they were a client of ours for many years. Um, uh, The logic being that we'll acquire tap and we've now got the the entire package we can service the entire marketplace since then we've 
been left somewhat of, as a, a independent organisation operationally running as we were prior to the acquisition on the basis that our, our approach to business partnering is much closer uh, in its nature than perhaps um, uh, some of the, the other parts of the organisation is. So we, we run operationally uh, in the same way that we always did. Um, in terms of um, the the rebranding, I think the main reason for rebranding is there was a little bit of confusion uh, between the training foundation and TAP. Um, the the logic being that, you know, if we have to have a conversation which points out that the training foundation is TAP, then why do we need the training foundation? Let's simplify it. And, and to uh, um, sort of reinforce the message that TAP learning is about um, learners rather than forcing training on perhaps a, a, an audience that doesn't really want to go through the process, um, the decision was made to evolve in that way as well. Um, so that, that's where we are currently. And we've just finished the, the rebranding process um, as we speak, actually. Yeah, I think I saw a new logo um, in your LinkedIn feed maybe a week or two ago. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we've made, we, in terms of the way we market ourselves, we, I think we've made massive strides in the last two years. Okay. Um, one of my last questions is, is, is to do, again, with, with the kinds of the, the benefits of, of signing up to TAP or TAP, I should say. And that is the, the resources available to someone who graduates from the program. For the benefit of listeners, what, what is made available to someone who completes the program? Things online or other kinds of benefits? Okay, so as soon as um, uh, uh, an individual um, engages with us, um, they are provided with access to the TAP Academy, which is essentially a back office application where all information regarding any course, any pre-course material, any um, any course material that is um embedded sub uh, subsequent to that, any templates that might be used in the process, anything that is relevant to that particular course is held in that place for life. Um, and as the uh, the learner goes through their diploma, acquiring more and more skill, more and more knowledge, they gain more and more access to those key fundamental areas. There's also um, things like forums to talk to other practitioners within the TAP Academy and, and a direct means of communication with our trainers um, should any questions arise uh, and they need uh, a fairly quick technical response. Uh, and the other major and most important thing is we have telephones and we are always open to support our clients and talk to them directly. I do on a daily basis. Um, and, you know, being immersed in L&D for many years, um, very often I can at least provide uh, an initial response to get people out of that particular quandary that they might find themselves in. Um, in terms of moving forward, um, one of the things we, we were looking to do is evolve into um, thought leadership a little bit more than perhaps we have done over the last um, three or four years. So there will be um, additional information on our website, blogs. Um, there will be questionnaires going out to our market asking if there are any subjects that people would like to discuss. And then uh, information will be submitted, um, talks, WebExes, etc. All of these tools will be utilised moving forward to make sure that we um, were ahead of the curve in terms of how the market is changing and in terms of new L&D tools that are available and, and to make sure that we're, we're best supporting our key existing clients, but also spreading the word about the effects of L&D in its most positive light to those that perhaps haven't embraced it yet. And you've also got a newsletter or magazine, is that right, quarterly? Yes, um, we, we, um, we publish to all our um, key clients on a quarterly basis um, the, the latest changes, the latest events, the latest um, key thoughts on um, marketplace shifts, technologies, um, anything relevant and pertinent to people within the HR sector, uh, so the um, HR and L&D sector. Uh, and fundamentally, 
um, things that are happening within TAP that may be beneficial. So, for instance, um, the CIPD uh, strategic partnership that we've agreed upon, um, you're the first to hear about this. This isn't yet public domain, will be shortly, but that will be um, uh, um, communicated out to our market uh, and it will go into the next publication. I was going to ask you, ask you about that because I thought, hang on a sec, that's news to me. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, there yeah, you go. It's a bit of a scoop here. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Hot, hot off the press. Hot yeah. off the press. So finally today, Simon, how can people find out uh, more about um, TAP and of course, how can they contact you? Okay, so um, the, the, the first instance would be to have a quick look on LinkedIn. Put in TAP as a, a qualification and see the literally thousands of people that have um, gone through various training courses with us and the accolades that we get as a result of that. Secondly, look at our website as a, um, a bit of an idea of how we operate, the key um, ethos that we have as an organization and how closely we partner with the people that need support from us. Um, and ultimately, pick up the phone. Um, the, the best way of us understanding the needs of our clients is by talking to them, asking the right questions and making sure that a, we have the tools and the capabilities to be able to address their needs because fundamentally, if we don't, we will ex express that and, you know, try and advise in other ways. Um, but I think the most important um, means of communication is, is verbal. So I would advocate picking up the phone and speaking to people like me. I'm more than happy to do that. And people can find your uh, phone number on the URL or the web address of TAP, which is www.tap-learning.com. www.tap-learning.com. Wonderful. Simon, thank you so much for your time today and for coming on the program. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. Well, that was very interesting. Simon, if you're listening to this, Thank you so much for coming on the program this morning. I found it very, very helpful. And it reminds me of all the benefits that I found in attending the program. I attended the TAP or TAP program several years ago, and I found it really, really helpful in helping me to really understand what I need to be conscious of when standing in front of people who are entrusted to me. So when I work with clients, I want to be able to reassure them that I know exactly how to bring their team, their people through a range of topics and clarify that those topics and the learning delivery are actually working, that there's been a transfer of knowledge, that the knowledge gap has been closed, and that I'm able to evaluate that those people in my care for one, two, three days or more have actually learned something. So that's something that you might want to look at. Uh, that's the TAP program. Simon also mentioned, or rather I mentioned, an organization called ATD, which is quite prevalent in the US. But TAP is one I can happily vouch for, having been through that program. Extraordinarily helpful, extraordinarily powerful program. So if it's something you're thinking of doing to certify yourself and to prove that you can stand in front of adults in a training environment and deliver really effective learning and development programs, then it's something you might want to look into. Anyway, thank you again for your time today. And I look forward to your company next week when we have another episode, episode 41 of the show. I'd like to invite you to continue to write to me. You have my email address, which is markghays at gmail.com. And I do answer all emails in person. Now, why would you want to write? Well, very simply put, I'm all the time looking for feedback from listeners just like you. 
And it also helps me to understand the kinds of things that you want to hear more of, or perhaps new things you want to hear about. Perhaps there are topics which could help your training business, irrespective of the stage you're at. It could be in areas like accounting, finance, marketing, sales, some kind of online promotion, some kind of topic, you know, the likes of which I have not perhaps yet thought of. So any suggestions that you have, I would love to hear from you. And of course, any feedback you can give me about the style of the program and how I can make this better to continue to serve you because I love what I do and I'm sure you love listening to the show. So I look forward to your company again next week. Until then, have a great training week and see you in episode 41. Bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.